Welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law. Hi, this is Ozzy Akpan. I'm part of ELI's Innovation Lab, and we have our next episode of Conversation with Environmental Disruptors. And I'm really happy to have here with me Fidan Karimova, who is the founder of Global Water Girls. And we actually met each other a couple months ago at a really fun Our Ocean Youth Leadership Summit in Bali. So welcome. I'm glad to have you in the same room with me. Now we're both in DC. Yay. Nice to see you again. Yes, you too. So before we dig into these questions, I wanted to learn more, just curious about you as a person. Um, so could you just tell me about yourself and what you do, all, the, all that fun stuff? Sure. So my name is Fidan Karimova, and I was originally born in Azerbaijan, and then I moved to the United States, lived in the DMV area, DC, Maryland, Virginia, for those who don't know what that means. <laughs> Probably a good amount. Yeah, of it's not the Department of Motor Vehicles, which is what I thought before I moved here. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I lived in this area ever since I moved to the United States, mm-hmm. and I've been working with a lot of young entrepreneurs, focused on innovation mainly. I have a bachelor's degree in international business, master's in environmental management, a certificate in water, specifically wastewater, drinking water, and water management through Delft University. It's an online program. Uh, For fun, I like to go (laughs) scuba diving and everything related to the oceans and as close as possible to water as I can get. Wow, okay, it's all lining up for me now. (laughs) Global Water Girls, all your fancy certificates involving water and oceans. What, What makes you passionate about ocean and water? What makes me passionate? Everything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we need to keep it clean and pristine for future generations. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that we can do, but sometimes we feel constrained and we forget how much power we do have. Even today, we can do something that will change the future for the better. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes me passionate and wants me to keep working in the water industry and cleaning our oceans. Mm-hmm. And did you mention what you're doing now? Mm-hmm. Um, I- Aside from Global Water Girls, which is a big thing, but you also have a full-time job in, yes, in Arlington. Yeah, that's true. I work at the Water Research Foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two offices. One is in Denver and one is in Alexandria. So I'm in the local one in Alexandria. And we focus on research in wastewater, drinking water, water reuse, and stormwater. Mm-hmm. And we also have a technology innovation arm. Cool. It's called LIFT, Leaders Innovation Forum for Technology. And that's the program I work on. Cool. And I've been there for four years. It'll be four years in the two weeks. Wow. Happy yeah. anniversary. Thank that's you. Awesome. Thank you. And that's also definitely aligned with water, oceans, and my passion for, my obsessive passion for <laughs> everything related to cleaning the water. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing to be obsessed about. Uh, it's shifting gears. I'd love to hear more about Global Water Girls. Um, could you tell us about the journey that led you to start this startup? Sure. So as I mentioned before, I'm from Azerbaijan and there's the Caspian Sea that's mm-hmm. right. It borders Baku, which is the capital. And a lot of Azerbaijan is on the Caspian Sea. Mm-hmm. It's the country that produces a lot of oil and gas. And because of that, there's water pollution. Mm-hmm. So ever since I was little, what I would remember is going to the ocean and seeing the 
oil and gas pollution in the water. Then when I moved here, I started working with entrepreneurs Then I got into the water industry. Now I work at the Water Research Foundation. And I slowly started realizing, putting the pieces together, that a lot of it is connected, especially Mm -hmm. the technology innovation arm. And in the wastewater, drinking water, the utilities in that field, the utilities are always looking for technologies that could help them move their processes and improve their processes and also lower their cost. Mm -hmm. And Global Water Girls came to be because we currently work in a water industry that's mostly like a boys club. It's changing (laughs) a little bit, but that's what it is. Okay. And uh, there was a group of women that are all talented and we can talk about each one of them a little later. But we came together and we decided to battle plastic pollution specifically because everywhere, every day you see plastic lying around and also in the water streams. And we decided to combine the best of both worlds, plastic pollution issues Mm -hmm. and also the industry I work with and the people that are on the Global Water Girls team that are actually making this happen, they are also in the water industry working with wastewater and water utilities. Mm -hmm. And we combine the best of both worlds, plastic pollution and utilities. Awesome. And I was just rambling. No, no no (laughs) such thing as rambling on a podcast. So yeah, I want to learn more about your team. How did you guys meet? So yeah, we are 100% women. Yes. It's a team of five. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, first off, to throw some facts at you. Yes, and please. some things that I'm more biased about. Women are <laughs> driven, they're talented, and they're as motivated as men. And as I mentioned before, the water industry has been more of a boys club. It is mm-hmm. changing now. But I met all these women through the water industry. Mm-hmm. And there are five of us. There are two fantastic engineers. And they're, her name is Anjali, and the other girl is Grace. Mm-hmm. So Grace Richardson and Anjali. And they are the ones that are doing the technical piece of the team, making mm-hmm. sure that te- technology validations are run successfully right. and they have the expertise to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Then there's a researcher and writer, Katie. Mm-hmm. And Katie has enjoyed, loved writing and researching and that's her passion and we need that on the Global Water Girls team. Mm -hmm. So that's what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And we also have the skilled business manager Mm -hmm. who is key to making sure that this business is a success. And her name is Livy. Mm -hmm. And they're all from different backgrounds as you can tell, Mm -hmm. but they're all connected to our GWG mission and vision Mm -hmm. to improving the environment and focusing specifically first off on this project of taking ocean plastics and converting them to energy. Great. So you said you met your um, your teammates through the water industry. So you've worked together in the past. How like how exactly did you guys meet? Have a happy hour? I don't, I don't know. How did we meet? Yeah. One of them I met through one of the meetings that I attended mm-hmm. through work. Mm-hmm. The other one worked with me at the Water Research Foundation, actually. She oh, moved cool. now to the U.S. Water Alliance, and she'll be going to San Francisco, which Aww. is very sad, but yeah. it's great for her. Yeah. The other, Livy, she studied with me at University of Maryland, College Park. Go Terps. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Terps are turtles, right? <laughs> right? They are turtles. Terrapins. Terrapins. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> so Grace Richardson and Katie Lackey, yeah. they were working with me. Katie was working with me in the same office. Grace Richardson, I met at a meeting. Mm-hmm. And then Anjali, she works at DC Water, mm-hmm. uh, wastewater and drinking water utility in the heart of DC. And I met her through mutual friends and we instantaneously connected because we were both in the water industry and we mm-hmm. went out to the side and we're talking everything related to water. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the team. That's how I met all of them. Wonderful. And what was the moment when you realized, okay, Global Water Girls should be a thing and I want these people on my team? How did, what was that moment for you? Like? I went to Hawaii yeah. with my husband and my sister mm-hmm. and we were, we went hiking. But then we looked down and it was pretty stormy that day, but all the storms brought in all the plastic that was just on the shores. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of cleanups. They have volunteer groups that go out and, and take out tons and tons of plastic trash mm-hmm. and make sure that something is done with it so it's not just lying and polluting the environment. But then we realized that it wasn't even the fault of the locals. It's a lot of the plastic that's washed ashore and to in Hawaii from other countries, mainly in Asia and other countries that basically don't clean their plastic trash or they're unable to do that and then it comes to Hawaii and they have to deal with it Mm. so I realized that there's something that needs to be done and why not work with young talented women who can move the needle in the right direction absolutely what is global water girls doing now we have two main aspects that we're focusing on first is technology validation the pilots that we're working on. And the second piece is networking and business development. So for technology validation, we're right now working to pilot a gasification technology. And we're taking ocean plastics or the plastics that are heading to the ocean. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do is to take them and convert them into a source of energy that could be used at wastewater treatment plants. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece is networking and business development. Mm -hmm. And that's how we met through Sustainable Ocean Alliance, Mm -hmm. attending events like that. Then when I was in Hawaii, I actually went there the second time to attend a cleanup, an ocean plastics cleanup with Emily Penn. And she, she's a founder of um, expedition called it's called expedition mm-hmm. she takes a group of women and they actually go on an expedition and recently they went on one to visit the great pacific garbage patch they oh, started wow. in hawaii and through networking and business development we're able to get more of the talented people on our steering committee mm-hmm. on our technical advisory committee and get some of the knowledge that we may not have as a team mm-hmm. to make Global Water Girls stronger and to get other, generate other ideas for the company. Wonderful. Great. Um, And could you tell us about how this gasification technology works in very layman's terms? Sure. (laughs) Thank you. You have the feedstock, which is the trash, and mainly for our our purposes, it's plastic. Mm -hmm. Then you have the trash that goes through this gasification technology, Mm -hmm. and it is heated at very high temperatures, Mm -hmm. and the end result is energy, Mm -hmm. gas that could be used as energy. And if it's placed at a wastewater treatment plant, that energy can be used to power up a wastewater treatment Mm -hmm. plant instead of 
finding a virgin source of energy. Mm-hmm. You already have plastics that would either be going into a landfill or polluting our oceans. Right. So that's the simplest way to describe it. Absolutely. Um, and I want to bring up that in our previous conversation, I think I asked you about the um, the type of plastic you're using. You're not targeting the type of plastic that can be easily recycled and reused. You're targeting the very unrecyclable types of plastics and putting them through this, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of plastics, like the water bottles, yeah. they're easily recycled. Right. And more of the power to the people that actually do that and they turn them into running shoes they turn them into swimming gear and that's great Mm -hmm. but there's also we have to realize that there are plastics that cannot be recycled and they end up going into landfills right and the more that we fill up those landfills and create new ones and fill those up Eventually, we're going to be living in a world full of landfills Mm -hmm. which is not really environmentally friendly or we wouldn't want to live on a planet like that. Right. So we're, yeah, we're tackling plastics that are not as easy to recycle mm-hmm. or impossible to recycle. Right. I'm imagining, have you seen the movie Wally by any chance? Yeah. It's like that desolate <laughs> trash and they're just like making buildings out of trash. It's horrible. So you are avoiding that future. Thank you for that. Well, hopefully we will <laughs> never get there. Oh, yeah. And eventually too, yeah. <laughs> there'll be a way to even recycle the very hard to recycle plastics. Right. But for the time being, mm-hmm. we're trying to fill the gap. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and are you? do you have a specific interest in targeting ocean plastic that is already in the ocean? It's ocean plastic that's in the ocean. Yeah. And the there are groups the volunteers that collect it if Mm. they bring it back to land instead of going into a recycling facility especially if it can't go Mm -hmm. there we would be able to take care of that plastic but also it's a plastic that ends up in the oceans because it's in a trash can right but there are strong winds or strong rain and somehow it just bounces out of that trash can and ends up in the water Mm -hmm. and eventually in our oceans and rivers lakes and then in our oceans great so that's yeah and you, you you mentioned volunteers collecting it. Yeah, there are groups of volunteers all over the United States, all around the world, that just get together out of the goodness of their heart, and they host these cleanups. Mm-hmm. And we would be working with groups like that. We would also eventually be working with recycling facilities that also separate the types of plastics. And the plastics that are hard to recycle, we'll raise our hand and say, we would take that from oh, you. Actually, that's a really smart partnership. Um, do you just happen to know um, what recycling facilities do with unrecyclable plastic? They just throw it away, right? Like, Or do they... Yeah, what's the, the network like for that? You know, to be honest, I know of just a few. Mm-hmm. And of the ones that I do know, it's a recycling facility. They, they actually gasify it. Oh, they, they do? Yeah, they, they incinerate it. Uh-huh. So that's one. And mm-hmm. then for others, I'm not sure what they do, but I would assume that a good portion of it, especially one that cannot be recycled, mm-hmm. it goes into landfills. Right. So you can't really... Sometimes you just can't avoid landfills. Right. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, hopefully we can with you and in the future. <laughs> that's the future I'm hoping for, at least. <laughs> so the gasification technology... Basically, like I mentioned before, is a closed loop incinerator, meaning that there's no like energy loss, no um, no emissions from the process. Um, could you talk about um, even with that? I imagine some environmentalists will be like, "Hey, 
this is still burning waste, which is usually not a good thing, especially in open spaces where it contributes to air pollution and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you talk about why this is still a beneficial alternative? Sure. So as an environmentalist, I'm obviously concerned also about the waste and the potential harmful effects that it could have, the Mm -hmm. gasification process could have. But at the same time, if you think about it, the benefits are more than the negative, the the potential drawbacks. Mm. The reason being is, again, you're not tapping into virgin energy sources. That's one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The plastics would be going into the landfills regardless, especially Mm -hmm. the ones that cannot be recycled. Mm -hmm. So why not divert that process and use them in this situation through this type of project? And at the end of the day, it's just a win-win. And it could be that I'm biased and I'm working for GWG and we're trying to push this project. (laughs) But it's better than not doing anything and letting the plastics go into the landfill and letting them leach all the chemicals that they have. Right, absolutely. Okay. Um, And with Global Water Girls, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? Good question. So (laughs) right now we're trying to get initial funding to pilot this project Mm -hmm. with the gasification technology, the ocean plastics. The water industry is traditionally very risk averse. In order to get any type of pilot project, technology validation, technology innovation through, you really need to prove that it works. Mm -hmm. But you can't really prove that it works unless you do it. Right. (laughs) It eventually turns into a loop at Cash 22 where Mm -hmm. you need to prove it, but you can't. but then you need to show them that the data is there and it just feeds into itself. Right. So in order to avoid that, we are trying to push this project forward and make it as uh, with as little funding as possible. Mm-hmm. But that's the currently the biggest obstacle. And also some more facts. Mm-hmm. Large technology installations such as this one have very high upfront costs. So that's another deterrent for the wastewater treatment plants and anyone else who is thinking about taking this on as a project. Mm-hmm. So that that in itself makes sense. Right. But if you look at the bigger picture, there are uh, startups, only 16% of the entrepreneurs are 35 years and old and under. Mm-hmm. Then the 10% of the venture-backed companies are only 10% are female founders. Wow. And... Uh, Basically, all this shows you that we are really going swimming up against the current. Right. A a pretty strong current. Yes. And those are (laughs) all of the biggest obstacles, Mm -hmm. three, four biggest obstacles. But at the end of the day, if we succeed, if we actually end up swimming and getting to our final destination, Mm -hmm. we will show that the water industry is open-minded and women entrepreneurs are able to succeed. And also, this will open up the doors for next generations that have great ideas and would like to implement them in the water industry. Wonderful. And I just want to comment and compliment your heavy use of water puns. It's clear you work in the water industry with all your swimming upstream (laughs) mentions. But thank you for that. Um, I'm really curious about the numbers. Could you tell us... um, how much, you said they're really high upfront costs, like how, how much are we talking? Uh, for the wastewater industry, some technologies, just to pilot them, you would need millions. Wow. Yeah, thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's why we would like to see if there are technologies and focus on technologies that are more 
that are smaller scale mm -hmm. and are more manageable because our end goal is to work with coastal areas and to help first take care of this ocean plastic situation and the ocean plastic issue. And that's why we can't have projects that are in million, maybe later on, but right off the bat, we wouldn't be able to do that. Right. So what would the money go towards? It would be towards installing and implementing the technology in the, um, in the plants, the water, waste and water treatment plants. It would go towards technology validation. That's okay. what we would do to help prove or show that this technology does work the way that they claim it works. And if we do that, that's basically step one mm -hmm. to showing that the data is there. That's what the end users, which are the utilities, they would like to see that. Right. And if we do that with the technology validation, they're more likely to install it mm -hmm. or even pilot it at that point. Great. Though, so the majority of the money would go to that. It would go into the costs of the GWG team traveling to an X location to pilot it, to work with mm -hmm. the team, to write the report do data and analytics to actually take all that information and convert it into a readable, digestible document. Cool. Um, could you describe more what technology validation involves exactly? Because when, when you're talking about that, I automatically assumed it was the pilot, but it comes before the pilot. So could you ex break that down a little sure. bit? Technology validation comes with a pilot. It's, oh, with, a, it's okay. done along with a pilot. So the pilot mm -hmm. tests the technology mm -hmm. and the validation of it is through the whole process. So oh, okay. we work with the technology providers. We work with the utilities, with the end users that will be using that technology to get the data, to see those numbers, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day to determine whether or not it works the way that it should. Mm -hmm. And the good part about our team is that we have a fantastic technology advisory committee that has years and years of experience in this field. So it would not just be the global water girls saying yes or no to a technology. Mm -hmm. It would come with expertise from the field, people that know what they're talking about, especially related to gasification technologies. Mm -hmm. And they will be guiding us to the proper or the proper document mm -hmm. and report that will highlight the technology validation. Okay, cool. That was a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. That, that's really helpful. Um, and what is the next step for Global Water Girls? Once we have a proof of concept from our first pilot, we will test and validate several other technologies mainly to build this portfolio of gasification options that are cost-effective and they're able to work in different geographic regions. And then we'll be testing them also in different geographic regions. Cool. And do you have any regions in mind at this point? We're focusing on coastal areas, nothing right. concrete, but coastal areas, that has to be the main point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that has to be the main thing. You're right. And what is your your long-term pie-in-the-sky dream aspirations for Global Water Girls? So we would be on a mission to solve the most pressing global water challenges. Mm -hmm. And through this project, we'll be expanding internationally, validating technologies in coastal areas around the world. Mm -hmm. But the bigger picture would be 
to start off with this project right. and then to bring other unlikely partners together mm -hmm. to connect technologies, utilities, and then end users that need those technologies the most. Yeah. That's how I came up with the Water Tracker app. Yeah. And the app, what it does is it you input your information for how long of a shower you took that day, how much coffee you had, how many drinks of, uh, how many... Um, glasses of beer or wine or how much water you drank that day mm -hmm. how far did you drive and all of that converts into gallons of water mm -hmm. that you use that day so wow. it keeps you it keeps you aware of your water intake mm -hmm. and uh, it makes you more aware of your water footprint cool And it also considers non-obvious water sources like jeans and stuff, shopping, right? Yeah, even yeah. in your clothing. In order to make that pair of jeans, yeah, you need a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that. That's, that's really, really cool. And where, where can people find this app? They can find it on in the Google Store as mm -hmm. well as the Apple Store. The last thing I want to ask you, um, so as you know, like when we were in, at the, our Ocean Conference, there were a lot of startups and they were talking about like their low points, their greatest challenges and all that. Um, so and it was really helpful that for the other entrepreneurs in the room to hear about that and to get some advice. So at this moment, um, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs in the environmental innovation space? The biggest advice I would give is to do research, mm -hmm. to really research and identify your market mm -hmm. and to reach out to people that are working on similar types of problems and have come up with solutions that are similar to what you're working on mm -hmm. because there's strength in numbers and also sometimes you don't have the best answers, the most correct answer and it's good to talk to others and bounce your ideas off of them and also get new ideas that you maybe haven't thought of mm -hmm. new ways of looking at a situation mm -hmm. at a problem great well thank you so much for joining us today i guess me i guess i'm the only one who's actually <laughs> talking to you thank you so much for joining me today with this conversation thank It's you great for to reconnect me. in person in dc same oh, here wonderful yeah. it's great to have eli mm -hmm. as a great platform for connecting with people that are like-minded and mm -hmm. are looking forward to a successful, more thriving future. Yes. So Thank thanks you. for having us. Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet Pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you. So please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at ELI.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member, please visit our website at www.eli.org.